Hello, you're listening to Sarah Archer in episode 148 of the Speaking Club podcast. I'm starting this show with a quote from Mark Manson. Happiness comes from solving problems. Happiness is a constant work in progress because solving problems is a constant work in progress. The solutions to today's problems will lay the foundation for tomorrow's problems and so on. True happiness occurs only when you find the problems you enjoy having and enjoy solving. I started this podcast for two reasons. Because I want to help people recognise the power of stories and humour in speaking and because I believe it's your message that counts, not the number of ums and ahs you use. There are some organisations that want to create robot speakers. They want you to sacrifice your personality in order to speak perfectly. But I want to let you know that you can be yourself and a sensational speaker. So, if you want to be a speaker that connects and engages authentically through stories, a speaker that gives value as well as a great performance, then welcome home. Hey! I hope you're feeling good today. I am feeling awesome. But I wasn't earlier this week. More on that in a bit. Last week, though, I worked with a bunch of people from all over the globe in the last Snackable Story Challenge of 2020. And it was a blast. I've seen some fantastic transformations from day one to five, from people feeling like they had nothing interesting to share, to powerfully sharing an authentic story from their life. And the next challenge starts in a few weeks' time. So if you want to discover your authentic snackable stories that will make your talks and content so much more engaging, then jump on the waiting list at saraharcher.co.uk slash challenge. I always love hearing the personal stories that emerge for the challenges and how we find a way for them to connect the story back to their audience. There's been stories about missing passports, stories about Christmas gifts and stories about overcoming internal doubts and fears. Which leads me to the topic of today's show. How can we keep ourselves on the right path for achieving our goals and dreams in speaking and business. Now, as you probably know, I work with clients in the areas of speaking and marketing. And inevitably, I always end up working as much on mindset as I do on developing skills, strategy and content. And that's because in my experience as a coach and from my own journey, the thing that trips us up most as an entrepreneur or speaker are our thoughts and beliefs. It doesn't matter how many skills you've got, your mindset can be your biggest saboteur. Showing up as things like imposter syndrome, procrastination, comparisonitis, shiny penny syndrome, or as in my case over the years, all of them. The trouble is that often we're not even aware of these limiting beliefs. And I touched on that, I think, a couple of episodes ago. All the default programs we're running. And even if we are, sometimes we don't register at a conscious level that we're thinking unhelpful thoughts. And that's why we need to use another compass to guide us. But before I share what that compass is, I want to do a quick overview of the way that us human beings operate. So first of all, you have a thought. 
and this can be consciously or unconsciously. And immediately after having that thought, you have a feeling. And the next thing that happens as a result of that feeling is an action. Or in the case of procrastination, inaction. So whether or not we're aware of our limiting beliefs or that we're consciously thinking negative thoughts, our feelings will always let us know something isn't right. And that means our best navigation system for whether we're focusing our thoughts and actions on the right things are our feelings. If we have a negative emotion, there is a good chance that we're focusing on the wrong things. And sometimes, this is a kicker, even when we're convinced we're focusing on what we want, we might actually be focused on the opposite. So I just finished reading the Abraham Hicks book, Ask and It Is Given, written by Esther and Jerry Hicks. And this book is about the law of attraction. And it's considered by some people to be a bit woo-woo, a bit out there. But equally, it's considered by many others to be the turning point in their life. Now, the premise of this book is that what we focus on is what we get. But often, when we think we're focusing positively on what we want, i.e. more sales or more money, what we're actually focusing on is the lack of them. And I kind of like to think, in my, in my head, this is how I kind of made sense of it a little bit, um, to think of this concept like a photograph. Although they're the same image, there's a massive difference between a developed photo and a negative, which funnily enough is also dark, like our, ne like our negative thoughts. For example, if I was thinking positively about more sales, I would be imagining a queue of new clients and customers, and that would make me feel good. But I'd be feeling very different emotionally if I said, I want more sales in response to looking at a dwindling bank account, when it's likely that I'll be feeling anxious and fearful. And Abraham Hicks suggests that when we're focusing on the negative version of what we want, the lack of it and feeling bad, we'll end up with more of what more of that, more of what we don't want. So the only way we can know if we're focusing on what we want in the right way is to pay attention to how we're feeling. Negative emotions are basically signposts to a change that we need to make. Now, if you're a bit sceptical about the law of attraction and Abraham Hicks, it's all a bit woo-woo and out there for you, then how about this? Mark Manson, in his book, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a F, <laughs> I won't say the word, it's a clean podcast. Well, he also talks about this, but he puts it slightly differently. He says, and I'm quoting from Mark's book now, Here's the thing that's wrong with all of that how to be happy bull, let's say bull, that's been shared 8 million times on Facebook in the past few years. Here's what nobody realises about all of this crap. The desire for more positive experience is itself a negative experience. And paradoxically, the acceptance of one's negative experience is itself a positive experience. 
This is a total mind F. So I'll give you a minute to unpretzel your brain and maybe read that again. Wanting positive experience is a negative experience. Accepting negative experience is a positive experience. It's what the philosopher Alan Watts used to refer to as the backwards law. The idea that the more you pursue feeling better all the time, the less satisfied you become, as pursuing something only reinforces the fact that you lack it in the first place. The more desperately you want to be rich, the more poor and unworthy you feel, regardless of how much money you actually make. The more you desperately want to be sexy and desired, the uglier you see yourself. And so on. Now that's Mark. And and he's talking about the same thing as Abraham Hicks, just in a very different way. But he also suggests, like they do, that we should use our emotions as a feedback mechanism for whether something is either likely right or likely wrong for us. Now, I haven't finished Mark's book yet, but I'm enjoying it. And reading it directly after Ask and It Is Given has been absolutely fascinating because on the surface, you'd think they were completely, you know, books at the opposite ends of the spectrum. But I actually believe that they're fundamentally pushing us down the same path. And what I wanted to do, having suggested to you that your emotions and how you feel about something should be your navigation system is share a few of the processes that I got from the Abraham Hicks book. Now, these three quick processes are ones that I've used or plan to use to help me shift my thinking and emotions and increase my resilience and well-being so that I stay on the path to getting what I want in 2021. So the first process is called Which Thought feels better. And they recommend you use this process when you want to be consciously aware of how you really feel about something right now, or when you're faced with a decision and you want to go in the best direction possible. And also this process is especially useful when something has happened that creates a lot of negative emotion for you. And the important thing is to do this alone so that you're not influenced by anyone else's thoughts and the choice that they would want you to make. Because that happens quite a lot. And often we let ourselves because it gives us an out in a way. So this is about understanding how you feel. So this is the process. Number one, grab a piece of paper. Number two, write how you feel about the subject right now. You can describe what's happened, but the most important thing is describing how you feel about it right now. Number three, Write another statement that amplifies that feeling, that negative feeling, and repeat that again. And once you have a few statements that indicate how you really feel right now, make this statement to yourself. I'm going to reach for some thoughts on this subject that make me feel a little better. And then when you've written the next thing, something new, evaluate whether it feels better or worse than the previous statement. And there's no right or wrong answers here. Only you can know whether the statement feels better or worse than the one before or where you started when it's the first one. And the aim is that you get unstuck and you're able to use your feelings to guide you out of that negative space so that you can see new possibilities for the situation or make that decision and and feel your way to it. 
Here's an example from the book. So, you just had an argument with your daughter because she makes no effort to help you around the house. We've all been there as parents. She doesn't take care of things and her room is a mess. It feels like she's deliberately making life difficult for you. So you would write, she's deliberately trying to make my life difficult. She doesn't care about me at all. She doesn't even come close to helping out. So having written those statements down, now comes the point where you try and reach for a thought that feels better. And when you've written each one, you evaluate whether it feels better or worse than whether you began. So maybe you start with, she never listens to me, which would be probably the same. I want her to be more responsible. Same. I shouldn't have to pick up after her. Same. I should have taught her better. Worse. I wish her father would support me more. Worse. A clean house is important to me. Slightly better. I know she's got a lot on her mind. Better. I remember what it's like to be a teenager. Better. I remember when she was a sweet little girl. Better. I wish she was still that sweet little girl. Worse. I don't know what to do about this. Worse. Well, I don't have to figure it out today. Better. There are so many things about her I adore. Better. I know that there's more to life than a clean house. Better. It should be okay that I want a clean house. Worse. It's all right that I want my house to be clean. Better. It's fine that she doesn't care about that now. Better. Again, there's no right or wrong answers. That was their example. Um, The value of this process is that you become aware of how your thoughts feel and you become better at choosing thoughts that make you feel better. So in response to a potential objection that thinking better thoughts won't change the daughter's bad habits, Hicks says that if you have better thoughts and feelings, you'll inevitably have an impact on those around you too. Okay, so the next process is the focus wheel process. And this is one I've used recently. So they suggest to use this process when you're aware that you are feeling negative emotion about something important and you want to find a way of feeling positive emotion instead. Or when something has just happened that's not to your liking and you want to think about it while it's on your mind and change your thinking on it with the aim of it not happening again. It's impossible for us when we're feeling very negative about something that's happened to jump to the opposite feeling right away. So the aim of this is to gradually shift your thoughts to resonate with what you want rather than what you don't want. Okay, so this is the process. First of all, you grab a piece of paper and you draw a large circle on it. Then inside that large circle, draw a smaller one about two inches wide in the centre and you let your eyes focus first on the smaller circle. Then you close your eyes for a moment and turn your attention to whatever's happened that has produced the negative emotion. And then you identify exactly what it is that you don't want. And when you've done that, you say to yourself, well, clearly that's what I don't want. 
So what is it I do want? For example, I feel fat, I want to feel slender. I feel poor, I want to feel prosperous. I feel unloved and I want to feel loved. I feel ill, I want to feel well. I feel overwhelmed and I want to feel in control. And so on. And next, try to write some statements around the outer edge of the larger circle that align more with what it is that you do want. And the gauge for whether the statement works is how it makes you feel. The aim is to make statements that you believe that may start out more general, but will get closer and more specific to what you want as you move around the circle. And you're aiming for 12 statements, like the hours in a a clock. So I wanted to share an example of this process that I'd used earlier this week. Remember at the start of the show, I said that I'd had a bad start to it? Well, an offer that I'd put out didn't get the response that I'd planned for. And being completely honest, it made me feel like a failure. So I drew my two circles and in the center one, I put, I feel like a failure and I want to feel like a success. And then I tried to find a first thought that I believed in and that was more in alignment with what I wanted to feel. And that first thought I eventually came up with was, I know that others have been here and have turned things around. So I know that it is possible for me. So I wrote that in the 12 o'clock position. And then here are the next 11 that I came up with over the next sort of 15 to 20 minutes. I have clients who love working with me and value what I do. I know there is no failure, only feedback. I know that every breakdown leads to a breakthrough. There is a lesson I need to learn here before I can move forward. This is an opportunity to grow. I've chosen this path and I'm committed to making it work. I am successful. This is just a problem to be solved. It is just a matter of time before this works. I am not my business or my offer. People will still love me even if I was broke. And what was interesting for me in doing this exercise is that it led me to see that despite working on this for some time, I still have work to do on the relationship between money and my identity and self-worth. And I also found at the end of this process, I felt a ton better. I felt more detached from everything and it felt like a weight had lifted off me. So I hope that helps you to see how that process works and maybe it gives you some relief if you've got similar stuff going on uh, as I have. Okay, the last process is called pivoting. Now you use this when you're aware that you just had a negative thought and you want to pivot it to a better one or when you notice that you're feeling a negative emotion and there's something important to take away from it. And the idea here is to make a switch from focusing on what you don't want to focusing on what you do want. So when you're feeling a negative emotion, as you've probably gathered, we've talked about this a lot in this episode, you're in a very good position to identify what you want because never are you more clear about what you want than when you're experiencing what you don't want. 
When you're aware of feeling that negative emotion, stop and say, something is important here. Otherwise, I wouldn't be feeling this negative emotion. I need to focus on what I want. Then you turn your attention to what it is that you want. And in the moment that you turn your attention, you'll start to shift from that negative emotion. If you're thinking about what you want, but you're still feeling the same or worse, then it's likely you're still focusing on the lack or absence of what you want, like the photo negative I talked about. So the process of pivoting is the conscious decision to focus on what you want. Your negative emotion is like a warning bell that you're moving away from what you really want based on your thoughts and actions or inactions. There you go. Three practical interventions that you can use when your feelings let you know that something isn't right. Now, these processes are from Ask and It Is Given. And there's a lot more context and guidance in that book around these processes. And it's well worth checking it out. And I'll put the links to both the books, um, Ask and It Is Given and The Subtle Art of Not Giving an F in the show notes for you. Okay, as ever, my aim was to give you some food for thought and some new things to try out to help you on your speaking and business journey. And based, these are all based on things that I've discovered. So here are your takeaways from this show. Use your feelings and emotions as a guidance system, as they're always signposting to you whether you're moving in the right direction or whether a change is needed. Sometimes when you think you're focusing on what you want, you might actually be focusing on the lack of it. But again, your emotions will let you know either way. These processes I've suggested can help you explore the feelings and thoughts and can enable you to shift towards what you want. And number four, it won't always be comfortable. <laughs> it certainly wasn't for me, but it was worthwhile. All right. Well, I'm off. Thank you again for joining me. If you enjoyed the show, um, please leave a review at ratethispodcast.com and subscribe as we've got some great guests and shows lined up. So until next time, have a wonderful rest of your week and don't forget to go out, grab your life by the nuts and get cracking. Bye-bye. If you want to be more memorable and engaging when you talk, then you need to share more stories. Stories can help you better connect with your audience and their problems and get them leaning in more powerfully than anything else. And short, snackable stories are great to use in pitches, Facebook Lives, podcasts, videos, keynotes, webinars, blogs, in fact, everywhere to share your message and grow your business. The trouble is that finding your snackable stories and confidently sharing them can feel like a struggle. And that struggle can slow you down or stop you in your tracks. But that's where my free Snackable Story Challenge comes in. Over the course of just five days, I'm going to give you resources, training and coaching to help you find your authentic personal stories to share and build your skills and confidence in sharing them. Not only that, but the challenge will guide you towards a tangible result at the end and assets for you to use going forward. The next challenge is starting soon. So to grab your space, go to saraharcher.co.uk slash challenge right now.